0: Welcome back to the Be Well podcast. I'm your host, Beth Husted, and today we are talking about one of the smallest but mightiest parts of your well-being, your teeth. So oral hygiene is so important. If you were looking at at watching a video of this, you would see my beautiful teeth that I have spent thousands and thousands of pounds on. Um, And if you look after your teeth, you could actually keep them for a lifetime. They, They can be there forever. A healthy mouth, working teeth are quite literally vital for breathing, for speaking, for eating. They keep you, It keeps you alive, that healthy mouth and those good teeth. Um, but dental problems can, can actually, when you do have dental issues, they can impact your quality of life. But, you know, visually, they can also affect your self-esteem as well. That being said, I, I, it might be a rogue survey. I don't really know how legitimate some surveys really are, but I thought it was quite interesting. And it said 53% of the population are actually scared of visiting the dentist and 17% have such a bad fear that they don't even go and get a checkup. And when I was looking at my wonderful guest today's website, there are about a million days every year that are missed from work because of sickness and because of absence due to due to your kind of mouth and teeth. So looking after your teeth, looking after your dental kind of area, your mouth and overall kind of oral hygiene is so important. And it's a really important part of your health and well-being, which is why I'm so lucky to have been able to pin down the incredibly busy co-founder and clinical lead of the Tooth Fairy app, uh, Dr. Deepak Ulak. And I also feel I need to up my podcast interview skills, given he's been featured in The Telegraph, Vanity Fair, Fogue. Obviously, now he's going to add to his credentials the Union Be Well podcast. And I actually heard this morning he's also been on this morning. So... Uh, kind of got some big shoes to fill but welcome Deepak and thank you so much for your time and it would be great if you can actually introduce yourself and you know this Tooth Fairy app and the importance you know all health plays in people's health and well-being.
1: Oh yeah no good good to meet you and um, do this podcast Beth. Super super interesting uh, introduction, Uh, quick introduction and bite size, if you pardon the pun uh, intro about myself. So I'm Deepak one of the Co-founders and I guess clinical leads here at Tooth Fairy, and, and for my sins in my past life, a, a dentist turned uh, tech entrepreneur. So yeah, really excited to kind of talk to you about kind of the state of dentistry right now. Some tips for for individuals to get less time in the dental chair and more time out there, living a more fulfilled life. So less fillings, more fulfilled lives. And I guess really speaking to people about what's the early signs, what's the early tips to making sure they get to avoid all those kind of horrible dental nightmares we hear about.
0: Yeah, thank you. We've we've talked before about this session and thinking about that importance, you mentioned it already, of prevention or hygiene. Um, and also we agreed that we're going to do some myth busting. Um, and so those are the things to come. But before we get into that, I actually wanted to, there's a couple of points that you spoke about when we caught up previously, and they're so important for listeners. And it was actually specifically related to stress, which is something that really piqued my interest. And I don't massively know a lot about but you mentioned you can often see there's a bit of a correlation between something like jaw rake and and stress so may, maybe if we can start there and then we'll get deeper into into some of the other areas
1: yeah definitely I think um as you highlighted in the intro the mouth is kind of the, the gateway to the actual body and it's a great signal point there's loads of signs that you can tell from your mouth of kind of what's happening deep within the body and that could be stress as you kind of highlighted so when you look at the mouth and um, one of the tips that we say to a lot of our patients is your teeth should never really touch unless you're eating you know there should always be that small paper thin like gap between the teeth and when we say that to a lot of people they say oh but my teeth are always always touching and that's a sign early sign of clenching so you know first sign that people can pinpoint themselves and stress it's just the muscles are overworking so sometimes it's the first thing within the morning they notice the jaws a little bit achy it's a little bit tired it feels heavy and then as you leave that and you, as you progress that, um, it then starts to cause a reduction in mouth openings. You, you notice things like my mouth is not opening as wide as it used to. You lose a bit of that power in that biting force. So you have one of those chewy steaks or some of the fun meals and sandwiches and you're finding that's a little bit tougher. Then obviously the late stage that we hear about is clicking jaws. And that's kind of like the joint. So it's a ball and socket joint It's kind of slipping. And all that comes to the fact that as we bite, we're overworking the muscles. The muscles are doing less of that kind of tight elastic band uh, kind of action point. And then you see that slipping of that joint. And the most basic and the most powerful thing that somebody can do is just recognizing the fact that their teeth are touching. So actually relaxing, just making sure that they're sitting at a work desk, that they're not clenching, the teeth are not touching. And they can do some easy exercises as well, just slowly opening the jaw, um, controlling that muscles in terms of a soft diet. But all of that can be done from a work desk. All of that can be done from home. And the mantra really here is do not let your teeth touch unless obviously you're eating.
0: I'm now sitting here opening my mouth, moving it. I, and I, as you were speaking, I literally noticed that all my teeth were touching. And I did find out when I had my second lot of braces that my bottom teeth always push into my top ones and push them forward as well, which is kind of why you have to have them removed and, and all that sort of element. So it, I just don't, you don't even notice it. It's so, so un conscious isn't it and so like you say keeping that awareness and just controlling your opening and closing yeah as i've mentioned already with my you'd assume i've got some ridiculously nice teeth but i've just spent a lot of money because i got my wisdom teeth grew and then they all went uh, horrific but i'm really conscious of that of the kind of the growing rise in people being conscious of their aesthetic and and social media and there's kind of this impact this has had on the cosmetic, you know, dentistry world. I've, I've, like I said, I've had two sets of braces. Perfectly good teeth removed for the sake of that perfect smile dabbled in that variety of whitening options as you can tell by my voice I live in Essex so this is not uncommon for me to see you know people obsessed with their teeth and huge glistening white veneers but they're so uh, you see in in social media as well everyone wants these perfect smile but there's so many dangers to this so uh, you know while I've got you I'm really intrigued if you can give any insight into into this kind of world as well.
1: Yeah definitely I think as a society, I don't think we've ever been photographed more. I don't think we've ever looked at ourselves at a camera more. And obviously that's even in the work time, uh, you know, Zoom and Teams. So I think as a society now, we're becoming more conscious of ourselves. And then as COVID occurred, that shift in kind of behavior, patient behavior occurred where people are actually more self-conscious and want to feel good. Self-help has been a really big thing. So, you know, we saw a massive rise in things like Peloton at home treadmills, and we saw a massive rise. In- people spending more on themselves and actually less on the flashy stuff like a nice new car or a nice new watch. And that's kind of mirrored also in dentistry. People are spending more on themselves and they're finding that actually good teeth are not just for the Oscars or celebrities, but actually it's accessible for everybody. People are wanting to become more confident. And even from a professional perspective, you know, there's a lot of research and psychological aspects of having a good smile and what that can do for your profession, what that can do about you as a person and your personality. And then obviously as that demand and that patient demand for making themselves feel better and to look better and have more natural like teeth. Um, Technology is also advanced. So you're seeing the more about digital and 3D scanning, 3D printing, AI detection, all of that, what Toothfair is using. And then what you can manage to do is make treatment not only more enticing, but actually more affordable. So you're able to make treatments maybe 50, 60 percent cheaper than traditional high street prices then using technology, you can also make sure that they get that supervision, that monitoring um, that you want to make sure that dentistry is, is kind of having that balance of. So, yeah, look, I think the, it's interesting to see a, a kind of a fun, soft thing that I've noticed a lot of my cosmetic work that I've done in previously is the American mentality is to have this great, amazingly great teeth and beautiful teeth. And that was a sign of wealth. And I think a lot of my European patients actually want it to look God given. They want their teeth to look natural. Um, you know, when we do these big veneer cases, or big cosmetic cases, they want to have that small imperfection, that small natural uh, feature within the teeth, so it's interesting to how the European mentality is to make the teeth look more natural, God given, and I was born like this, and the more American mentality is more like a wealth, I want everybody to know I've had my teeth, and, and um, yeah, I'm sure you'll see that balance of that in Essex.
0: So with, there can be some real dangers associated with, you see people having these, all their teeth taken out and fake teeth putting in, and then there's actually loads of complications. Is that is that a big risk or is it just something that we're seeing in social media? So it's it's not happening or occurring as much as you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think even within our tooth ferry app where we have the dentist chat function, we have a lot of patients sending us images for a second opinion here. And they'll say, Can you just explain what this procedure was here? I saw this online. I really like it. I'm looking for some of that treatment myself. And um, patients, even like things like composite bonding or veneers, that's an umbrella term. There's so much underneath that about how much drilling occurs. And we're kind of getting into a position where we're finding a lot of patients are more like a, a similar, like a microwave generation where they want it very quick in, out, two weeks and actually they just want to look like a particular picture. But we have to remind a lot of patients when we get these requests within the app that some of those images are post-edited, they're not real, they've been photoshopped, or some of them are underlying a soft treatments like cosmetic bonding or veneers, but actually they heavy crowns and bridges and implants. So I think we're finding a lot about consumers and patients being educated a little bit more, learning more about the different treatments. But as you said, there's so many risks about these treatments because some of them are irreversible. Uh, you know, if you put a drill to a tooth and get a veneer or crowned and that's something you have to ensure you're doing for life, but also risks of, as you talked about earlier Beth, your bite, how does that impact it? Do you have wisdom teeth coming through? So yeah, having a kind of a dentist that's unbiased, having a dentist to give you an opinion and good clinical uh, diagnosis, I guess, is even more important as those risks increase.
0: So you get your dental plan from one place and then come to Tooth Fairy to say, do you think this actually looks sensible because I'm going to be putting a lot of money and risk associated with these choices that I'm making? Does this look like a good treatment plan to you?
1: Yeah, definitely. You can upload x-rays, upload treatment plans within the app and ask for an unbiased opinion from a real Mm. clinical dentist and say, look, what do you think of this? Um, You can even upload scans and We've had instances where patients have asked, do I really need a crown on this tooth or do you think I could actually do a filling or do you think I need an onlay on this versus a crown? And sometimes it's simply sending them an article to explain the difference between the two. Um, and also same thing with extractions. Um, some patients may request uh, more advice about do I really need to lose this, lose this tooth or could I try some heroics to save it? And it's all patient specific. But as you said, I guess it's um, yeah, getting that personalized, unbiased opinion within the app and getting
0: that second opinion because that's so important uh, in today's day and age fantastic yeah it's just it's it's your teeth that like you say they could be there for forever if you look after them properly but you want to look after them properly and gone are the days where they just used to whip all of them out there's so many things that can be done now let's let's look after them and let's keep them in a good place so when we are looking at our screens and looking at our photos we feel we feel positive so We said at the beginning we were going to do some myth busting and we were going to do some top oil hygiene tips. Now, I know that you will have a plethora of these at your fingertips. So maybe we should do one myth busting and then one top oil hygiene tip and just not go through until we've run out, because that would be really, really boring. But (laughs) just some of those really, really, like I because there was there was something that you teased me with before about, tooth whitening toothpaste and if they're actually really good if they're, if they're useful th- that would be one that I'd really like to know if, from a myth busting perspective about teeth whitening and then we'll do a top oral hygiene tip after that.
1: Yeah yeah for sure I think um, just some simple basic myth busting around let's talk about as you said Beth the whitening toothpaste so we used to have a big surge um, and we still do a little bit about charcoal toothpaste um, and we used to get this whole big thing about how great charcoal toothpaste were and we had to explain to patients that there's two risks here the first is obviously the fact that you're putting something quite abrasive upon the teeth um, in terms of charcoal but the second aspect is you're brushing harder and what we noticed was when individuals are using charcoal on their teeth they were brushing quite aggressive to remove that and actually that was wearing away all that expensive ivory kind of enamel that never grows back so that was the first thing and we had to remind patients that the reason the teeth looked a little bit whiter when they used charcoal toothpaste was obviously an optical effect if you have something dark on your teeth or something purple if you've seen some instagram adverts um, of some famous purple toothpaste we won't talk about as soon as you remove that it makes the teeth look a little bit whiter because there's an optical uh, difference there and then we hear a lot about whitening toothpaste how effective are they well the law states you can't have more than 0.1 percent of something called hydrogen peroxide within the toothpaste whereas toothpaste you get from dental clinics or through a prescription will have up to six percent so a lot more effective dose so it's clinically not proven that um, 0.1% of hydrogen peroxide can whiten teeth yet so yeah feel free to save some of those money you might spend on 10-15 pound toothpaste from over the counter on something a little bit more uh, effective such as a hygiene clean or or prescription toothpaste so that's a something cosmetically that's a a myth buster.
0: That's really helpful for me because I am one of those people that I have the bicarb charcoal so now I'm just going I have got actual proper whitening from the dentist that I've run out of so I need to go back and get a proper one I can put in my put in my braces or retainers so that I can okay so we've done some teeth whitening uh what's what a top oral hygiene tip
1: yeah I think one really good one is about brushing brushing harder is not always better I have, I have patients who tell me look I brush super hard. How can there be bacteria here? And actually, we talked about it before. As you're wearing away that protective ivory kind of layer of enamel around teeth, and you get those kind of gum stripping, where you're brushing aggressively and stripping that gum away. Um, I tell all my patients try and get one of those electric toothpaste uh, toothbrushes. Um, electric's not always better than manual. You know that's another myth. But electric brushes do the hard work of going round and round, so you don't have to do that hard work of making your manual brush do that. But a lot of these electric toothbrushes also have a pressure indicator so when you press too hard it stops spinning or it lights up and that's that's a really good indicator um, for people to start using that through but a really good one i hear as well in terms of oral hygiene and diet changes i'm hearing a lot about people now switching to uh, sugar-free drinks sugar-free cokes and actually they're just not any more better than sugar drinks because even though we managed to reduce that sugar and there's a lot of research that i won't go into about uh, how bad some of these sugar substitutes are it's still the acid within that drink that's going to be causing a lot of damage and i'm seeing a lot of my favorite fitness influencers talk about lemon water and vinegar in the morning all the stuff that's going to wear away teeth and we need that barrier we need that enamel that acts like a screen protector around the teeth and if you keep that long enough uh, you'll avoid a lot of issues going going forward
0: so we need to be drinking water if we're going to be sipping something throughout the day rather than a squash or a something like that
1: definitely waters uh, neutralizes it acts like saliva neutralizes acids within the actual mouth so it's going to make sure that any any work that bacteria is doing about breaking our sugar is just going to get neutralized washes teeth uh, away and actually um a really good tip that we tell a lot of our children is a pack of haribos you shouldn't eat it but let's say you absolutely need a cheat day it's better to eat that pack of Haribos in one go rather than grazing through it all day, and let's say at mm. a work desk or, or or through a cinema, because obviously it's that acidity that you talk about, that sort of cycle that goes up and down and water helps neutralise that.
0: Okay, so I've got another one, um, a myth about mouthwashing after you've cleaned your teeth. Should you do it or should you not?
1: Yeah, I think something like this went viral actually not, not many f- few months ago. So The key aspect of toothbrushing is it has something called fluoride in there, um, very low amounts. Um, It comes naturally within water in some parts of the cities up north. You need that fluoride to just sit on the teeth for about 20 minutes to help kind of remineralize any lost enamel, etc. And if you use mouthwash, it just completely removes all of that um, really, really useful ingredients within the toothpaste. But one key no-no we would always say about mouthwash is two aspects. One, stay away from alcohol uh, mouthwashes. So an alcohol-free mouthwash is very good. And then number two is Corsadil is a great uh, uh, mouthwash. Great adverts. We love it. But actually, long-term wise, do be aware you shouldn't be using it long-term. It can cause uh, staining of the teeth, but also taste disturbances. That's because it's got some ingredient called chlorhexidine within it. So, yeah, feel free to have a look at the back of a mouthwash to make sure it doesn't have too much chlorhexidine for long-term use. Great for a
0: couple of weeks or so. Useful. We I've actually stopped mouthwashing and and let just let everything sit in my mouth. And I haven't ever had to use the other one. So I'm just using. This is all hints and tips for me. Um, what's another really top all hygiene tip? Um, for me, I would always say
1: flossing. Um, you know, forty percent of all bacteria that floss and removes, uh, toothbrushing cannot get into, and that's usually in between teeth. So if you look at a lot of people's X-rays, you look at a lot of people's fillings. They're actually in between teeth, so rarely the top of teeth or the side of teeth, but actually in between teeth where they're wedged together. And that's what floss works the best at. And I think there was an article many, many years ago that talked about how flossing was not required. And a simple experiment that we told everybody to do, every dentist told every patient to do this, floss. Have a quick look at the floss and you'll see that bacteria is being removed. And that's a simple experiment to show you how effective uh, flossing is. So you cannot tell somebody to floss enough, really. That's really, really important.
0: And I mean, is it is it does it have to be with the floss string or the the interdentals, which is the best way to do it?
1: Yeah, interdentals are good. Um they can be a bit little flimsy and can break. So yeah, I I don't like the brushes as much as I like There's something called the picks. There's these interdental picks, they're rubber-like, and they're great. They they don't bend easily. But I don't like those P-shaped flosses. They can be a bit of a nightmare. So we've seen those get stuck under crowns and fillings and start mm-hmm. to lift those up. So yeah, any of those p shaped flosses, you can get them in packs of 20s and 30s. They can, they can be a bit problematic, those.
0: They were problematic for me because somebody was renting my flat out and when I went round to clear it when it was a change of tenants, they had been using them by a lot by the looks of it because they were down the sofa, under the sofa, in the bed. It was absolutely disgusting how someone could <laughs> need that many and leave them around the house they were moving out of was just yeah. absolutely bad.
1: yeah yeah please please clean (laughs) yeah please clean your floss tips
0: away yes especially if you're leaving the property um (laughs) okay another myth busting one that I had and you might have some more but um, one of the I think this is my last one that I had was the should you brush your teeth after every single meal or just twice a day when's the best time to brush your teeth
1: Yep, twice a day is good enough. Um, So there's no research to prove the more you brush, uh, the less cavities you have. And we did talk about kind of overbrushing in terms of tooth wear and and those kind of aspects there. So your body has more than enough to prevent dental issues and dental disease. It's actually what we're going to be doing in terms of sugary aspects of foods and acidities uh, that cause more harm. So yeah, once uh, in the morning and once uh, before you sleep is more than enough. Uh, That's perfect. And then in between the day, feel free to have uh, some of those interdental brushes uh, with you.
0: What about chewing gum?
1: Yeah, chewing gum again, it's quite good. It some something called xylitol, which is good. And it also helps, um, it's sugar-free, but also helps activate saliva. So there's a theory that um, the reason why a lot of children don't have many cavities is because they're absolutely full of saliva, um, dribbling everywhere. And the saliva is great. And chewing gum kind of reinforces that, gets saliva to flow, reduces acidity, neutralizes bacteria and any, any effects it's doing.
0: Brilliant. Did you have any more top all hygiene tips? I think
1: that's that's pretty much most things covered. Watch your diet. Avoid um, acidic drinks. Try and clean in between your teeth. Don't brush harder. And also, yeah, uh, in terms of a toothpaste, I always get asked, which is the best toothpaste? And I always mm. liken it to the fact that it's um, a bit like fairy liquid or any hand wash. It's not the quality of fairy liquid when you're cleaning an oily dish. It's actually the scrubbing. So you can put the most expensive, most best detergent within an oily dish uh, that you're cleaning and you're scrubbing. But if you're not doing that round, round motion and not mechanically scrubbing that oil away, uh, that detergent is not going to be doing much. So i am rather people invest in a very good new toothbrush head than uh, a new toothpaste.
0: Love it. Brilliant. OK, so I've I've grilled you enough on on myths and hygiene tips you have mentioned about your app tooth fairy so when I looked on the website it's billed as a dentist in your pocket so it'd be great if you can just talk us through how it really helps and and kind of supporting that preventative approach when it comes to the health and well-being of your teeth.
1: Yeah, for sure, Beth. I think you kind of talked uh, at the top of the podcast about the situation of dentistry in in the UK right now. So, we are right now experiencing a national dental crisis at this current point. Um, Millions of people are without dental care. And actually, it's very scary because I guess this week we just celebrated National Cancer Day. And half of all major diseases that occur in the mouth, cancer is one of those that are detected too late. So, early signs is critical. And we know that there's a cost of living crisis. And some surveys are talking about individuals in the numbers of millions delaying dental treatment because it's too expensive. So at Tooth Fairy, we simply have these three A's, the mantra of the three A's, um, and we're making dental treatment more affordable, more accessible, and more available. So through our app, you can get dental treatment more affordable, but you can also get dental treatment it's still easy and it's acute so it might be a simple clean it might be a simple um, uh, management of an early sign of a cavity which prevents things like root canals and crowns and extraction so making treatment more affordable and early while it's still acute in terms of access we know there's a postcode lottery in the uk where people cannot access a dentist you don't have to go far within the news to talk about people uh, spending absolutely ages trying to see a dentist or traveling up to 40 miles on average to see a dental clinic in a neighboring area So we are able to connect the patient to a dentist within minutes for a range of things from advice, emergencies, clinic finders, order through to second opinions. And then availability is another key one where we know 4.2 million patients unable to see a dentist because they just don't have enough time. So we are available out of hours, evenings, weekends um, to give people that personalized one to one approach with a dentist. And uh, the mantra we used to say to a lot of our patients is I just wish you came see me earlier. We could have avoided a lot of these issues. So we're hoping to uh, give us three
0: A's and, and empower the nation to manage their oral health. I suppose as well, if we said about the people being scared to go to the dentist, does the fact that it can, you can do it on your phone make it a bit less scary for people, do you think?
1: For sure. I think a large amount of dentistry is, It's for many people, it's the first time they're going into an environment where they are not in control. They don't know what's occurring. They kind of, We kind of lay patients back and we lecture them and we tell them they need this and then we build them at the end of the process. Um, So we know there's a statistic that four in 10 of people have some sort of dental phobia. So through the app, we can not only help diagnose, we can help advise you, but we can tell you more about the treatments you need, more about how you can avoid it and kind of cost estimates as well. So when you're going into a dental clinic and when you're actually going to get any treatment done, at least you're now more empowered, you're more equipped, but you can ask the most important questions that the patient needs to really know. And I think we're giving that kind of authority and giving that kind of decision-making process back to that patient, because as a dentist who we founded this out. we find ourselves actually putting patients in an uncomfortable situation. So hopefully we can remove that aspect.
0: I think as well, you're giving them the advice and recommendations in a safe way of, you know, floss your teeth, keep them clean. And then when they do go perhaps for a checkup, they're not in as bad a shape as they would be because they've been looking after their teeth. And then they're not having quite some negative experience when they're there, where they haven't have loads of actual work done. And it kind of, reverses that effect as well, I suppose, because a lot of people, if they put off going to the dentist because they're scared, then they go because they've put off, they need more stuff done. And then it perpetuates the cycle, I suppose. So we're coming to the end of the podcast now. And I'm really appreciative for your time and um so much insight. I I, I love a session when I learn loads. I always learn loads from these podcasts, but specifically this one was just really, really insightful. So what are the two top things from this you know that you'd like the listeners to take away from this session I always like to have like a a final summary of the top top things top two maybe more that you just want the listeners to take away from today's session Deepak
1: yeah for sure I think the first thing I definitely ask of somebody to do is it's all around early detection um I would definitely advise individuals to get some aspect of oral health skill kind of added to their particular armory so it's 2024 time for a new skill to be added and it could be something as simple as we talked about interdental brushes just having a pack of those at your office desk or at your workstation and you'll be surprised how easy it is to just add something to your routine so um, you know behavior is showing that if you try to add a time for something new it never happens but if you add it into your current routine it will work so it could be commuting it could be that drive to work when you're alone in the car it could be at your workstation where you're just sitting there and you're reading some emails you can just use the interdental brushes through the teeth you'll find that works great so place that oral hygiene aid somewhere and then i think the second thing has to be around tooth fairy app sign up join up add in your your union code and simply do a virtual exam let's get some high level information about your mouth Let the dentist give you a report back on a filling that might be high risk or early signs of gum disease or an early sign of a, a cavity or looking at your medical history and saying you're at higher risk because of this particular thing. Uh, so those are going to be the two takeaway messages really of use the app and actually use some oral health aids as part of your kind of
0: current day-to-day routine. Brilliant top two takeaway. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate your time today, especially as you're so busy. I know that you're going to come away from today thinking that was the best I've ever had. It was so much better than this morning. <laughs> um, so thank <laughs> you very much for your time today.
1: No, thank you so much for having me, Steph, and um, yeah, good to make an impact.